Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome back to the Hulkcast. The season has only just started, but episodes are flying out of the Hulkcast HQ at rapid speeds thanks to our extra European fixtures. Make sure to hang tight and turn notifications on to never miss an upload. Today we are previewing Aston Villa's journey to the Premier League returners in Burnley and I'm lucky enough to be joined by Nathan. How are you, Nathan? Very well, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Let's get straight into it then. Obviously, Burnley back in the Premier League, a very different Burnley side to the one that got relegated just two years ago. For Villa fans that maybe don't know too much about the club and just how much it has transformed since they last saw them, what can you what can you offer us in terms of insight? Yeah, it's um, it's night and day to be honest with you. It's um, it's like a complete football evolution <laughs> at the football club. It's it's gone from. The Brexit ball, as we used to get labelled, get labelled with, like you know, flat four four two, lump it long to, you know, inverted wing backs, sexy football, you know, pressing centre halves, <laughs> playing in centre midfield for most of the game. Yeah, very quick and attacking football. Um, yeah, Vin- Vincent's got, play- got us playing uh, really good stuff at, uh, this year, and I think it'll uh, it'll surprise a lot of fans. I think this season it'll it'll take a take a few fans by surprise when they see us play and see how far we've come in such a short space of time. You mentioned Vincent Company, and I will touch back to him uh, in just a bit. But what are your expectations for the season? Because obviously you've only played the one game so far. Yeah. The the game against us will be your first game at Turf Moor. And it, it wasn't exactly the easiest of affairs first no. time out for you. So so what are you expecting come the second game of the season and just your season in general? Yeah, um, I mean, there's two sorts of trends of thought. That there's sort of the old school Burnley fan in me that's just like 17th. 39 points, let's call it a do now. You know, if you offer me that now, I'd, shit, I'd, I'd snap your hand off. But I think Vincent's put um, put a lot of belief and hope into the squad and that's transferred to the fan base. I think he's he's really put a lot of belief in the fan base and I, I actually think that we're going to be going to do a lot better than I think people realise. I think we'll finish quite high up in the table and I'm not, I'm not thinking of maybe a top-up, but I'm thinking sort of best of the rest sort of thing. Um, I really do. I think, like I say, I think we're going to hand out a few shock results this season, um, tough performances. Uh, but that's all stemmed from company. He's got a positive attitude. And like you said, we had Man City to start with, and that was the worst possible start we could have got, <laughs> really. you know. But I thought we handled it quite well. I thought it was 3-0, but we actually played really well. I thought they only really had three or four chances, and they, they were pretty clinical with them where... I thought we played really well, and and straight after the game, Vincent was was saying that it scares him how how good that these lads can get to. Like the the lads don't realize how good they're gonna get yet, and he's sort of instilling that faith and belief in the team. So all the fans have sort of jumped on the back of that and just riding with it. So for as long as we've got company and his positive attitude, I think we'll we'll all be positive and behind it and think for a good good strong finish this season. Let's keep our attention on Vincent Company. 
Just describe to me what he's like being the manager of your football club. Yeah, he's um, I, I said we've we've got a documentary out on Sky called Mission to Burnley, and I think that's a good sort of sounding board for people to have a deeper look at him. But he's very, he's very detailed and very passionate about what he does, and he, he buys into, he's bought into everything about not just the football, but the town, the people, um, you know, the work ethic of the town. You know, we're a small working class town, and, and he gets that, and he's translated that to um to his players and he sort of came in and he said that he doesn't want to rip up what Dash had done for us because he'd been here for such a long time and we owe a lot to Dash. You know, he, he did build the club in, in sort of his image and, and company said he doesn't want to rip up that rule book. He wants to sort of modify it and make it his own. So he's put his own sort of style of playing it. But the core values of grafting hard, running harder than everybody else, working you know, making sure your shirt's covered in sweat at half time, he sort of got that bedded into the team from the previous regime. But company is He's very progressive. I think he's he's very he's at the top of his. I'd say he's probably not as not at the top of his game, but he's at the forefront of the game's tactics. I think he's very advanced in his positional setup and stuff, and it's uh, it's quite again, it's quite attractive to watch. To be honest with you, as a Burnley fan, but I think he he knows what he wants. He's part of that sort of Guardiola sort of disciples as it were it's very very similar style of football but he's putting his own little spin on things here and there with certain players and certain positions but you can clearly see there's a Pep Guardiola blueprint that's been transformed throughout his game and he's implementing it really well which I think you can learn from the best and read about the best but actually implementing what they do is a very different thing and he's, he's absolutely nailing it at the minute. No, I think you sum it up really well. And I have actually watched the first few episodes yeah. of that that Burnley documentary. And it is fascinating just how mm. much almost the board of directors listened to him in every meeting, yeah. how, how big of a say he has. Yeah. That that really took me aback. Um, in terms of company, what would you say his ceiling is as a manager? With First of all, with yeah. Burnley as a football club, how far do you think he can take you? And then as a manager solely? Yeah, I think the, the question with Burnley, is not how far it's how long. I think that's where I, I, there's a, there's a probably an acceptance amongst Burnley fans that we just got to ride this sort of wave while it lasts. Um, where Vincent probably wants to take us, I don't think he'll get us there. Not because we can't go there. I just think someone will come in and get him. You know, it, it's for me. I think he's destined to be one of Europe's top managers. He's got it in him. Um, he, he's, he, he, you can see it a mile off the way he carries himself, the way he talks, the way you see it in the documentary. How he he understands how football clubs work, not just on a football point of view, but from a business and monetary point of view. But Andy gets people as well, and the best managers can do all of that. They understand people, they understand football, and they understand business. And he's got all three. So I think the question about Burnley, it's a, again, it's more how long we'll have him, which I think would probably be, you know, if he has a good season this season, we'll probably get to the end of this season and then I think the rumours and the you know the, the vultures start circul- circling and um but I do think his path is destined for Man City. I think as soon as Pep Guardiola says I'm leaving at X day, that's when we'll know when Burn when Vincent Company's leaving Burnley. You know, the, and there will be an actual tra- transition and we'll I'm hoping that'll be the way it goes because that'll be easier to swallow to know like there's an end date coming and he gives it all but yeah I think his ceiling is is right at the very top it really is he's got so much potential he's only just started his managerial career and yet he's doing some incredible things with at that time when he first came in quite a limited and unknown squad and he's he's now developing it and moulding it into to his own and I think that's easily translated to to pretty much any team in the world that 
Yeah, most certainly. And I, I think the two managers that I've seen being linked with City when Guardiola's contract is up is is Deserbi and company, and I, I, yeah. just, I just think both of them would would suit City down to the ground. Yeah. Um, let, let's touch on your transfer window activity so far. How have you rated it? How are you happy with how many you've brought in? Are you are you maybe hoping for some more in some certain areas? Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm quite positive on the whole sort of situation around the club at the minute because the, the the ownership, the the coaches and the scouting team, they've not they've not really let us down with a signing yet. And everyone they've brought in, whether it's someone that we've known like Nathan Redmond or you know, like Josh Cullen we may have heard of in the past and to like random Swedish centre halves in Amor nobody's heard. I'm not even the football manager purists will know about him. But they've come in and they've done the job and they've done a job really well. So yeah, numbers are good. We've we've just done our tenth and eleventh signing today. We've just taken um Aaron Ramsey today. That's just been announced this this evening, uh time of recording. Uh, so that's an exciting one. Um and I, I do think we need probably a striker and a left back. I think that's where we're Probably our two weaker positions, you know, a good out and out goal scorer, and um, just a, a like a ball carrying left left winger, so a left wing back. So, um, but on the whole, very very positive, and we've got a lot of players from a couple of players from January that are just starting to find their feet, ready for this season. So they almost feel like new signings. So it's actually probably more like fourteen signings this January with the this summer with the January editions. So. Yeah, all good, all positive and exciting to see them get settled, I think. How do you think that they are all going to fit into Burnley? Because it's always difficult seeing those many acquisitions come in. But then again, that happened last summer for you and you you, you absolutely stormed the league. So do you you think it will have any effect at all? I don't think so, no. Like like I said earlier, he he sort of come from that. um, He's got that Pep Guardiola sort of school of thought that Pep always has a big squad. I know he's, he'll be mourning this year that he's a bit depleted this year, but on most part, he's always got two or three in each position that are of similar quality, hasn't he? So, um, like last season, we saw he did like to rotate it now and then he liked to swip, swatch it, swip, um, swap his wing backs around here, like to mix up with different midfielders. But having that versatility is going to be key for us because we're going to lose a couple in, in the new year for AFCON. So, I think having a good depth, like a good depth of of player, is going to be a real, um, real positive. But I think he'll manage it fine. He, he comes from that that era of playing anyway under Pep, which was just it, and the company always says as well. Like the more high quality lads that they have in the door, it raises the bar of everybody else because everybody knows everyone's positions not guaranteed. So I think if that's the mentality that gets through all the lads and they all stick to it and don't get any bad eggs or bad apples, I think it'll just be a positive going forward. And it, again, it's just such a refreshing time to be a Burnley fan. Whereas we, every Saturday we'd wake up and you wouldn't even need to, you know, you get your ping on your phone to say team news is in. You wouldn't even need to open it if you were a Burnley fan in the past because you just know it was the same 11 from six months ago. So it's now exciting to know, oh, he's done this. He's swapped him around. He's put him up top of his place. So yeah, it's, uh, it's fascinating. It's, uh, yeah, it's all good. As previously mentioned, Aaron Ramsey today, as of recording, mm-hmm. has joined from obviously ourselves on a permanent deal, which looks to yeah. have a, a buyback clause in it. Yeah. How do you think he will fit into Burnley's tactics and what are you expecting from him? Is he is he someone that people are really excited to see or, or perhaps maybe yeah. just a squad player that will be bedded in further down the line? I, I think it's, it's a tough one because, like I say... He, you do play this sort of 
again, I keep referencing Pep, but there's so many similarities in company to Pep, but company does play this sort of Pep roulette. You know, he's a nightmare for a fantasy football manager. You know, you just don't know. So I think Ramsey will be a key sort of interchangeable squad player. Um, but um, like the common theme amongst all the transfers, if you ever, if you go back to sort of the first interviews or see a quote from it, it always seems to be, I had a phone call with Vincent Company and then I wanted to join. I had a phone call with Vincent, oh, Vincent text me, I wanted to join. So like these players are coming and Company wants them to play for them and they want to play for Company. So I think whoever comes in sort of is going to get, you know, get that, Vincent's going to get some out of them because the players are still looking up to them as the, you know, the leader as he, as he was. But yeah, for Ramsey coming in, I think he'll be exciting. I think it's a, it's a good ch- chance for him, I think, to get some Premier League minutes. I don't know what sort of minutes he was getting at Villa, but I know there's been a big shift with the the type of players coming in under Emery. So I think it might have been an opportunity for him to maybe go and look elsewhere for a little bit. And like I say, he's put that security in there of if he has an absolute world in two years' time, you've got first dibs on him. So it's, uh, it's, it's I think it's a good bit of business for both, both teams, really. Yeah, I actually think you're right. I think a lot of Villa mm-hmm. fans are really really sad to see him go because if he's anything like his brother then you'll yeah. absolutely love him at Turf Moor yeah. um, you know you, you always have that daydream of having two childhood Villa fans yeah. play together brothers on the pitch so yeah is there, is there any concern about that buyback clause for you or do you just see it as a good deal that perhaps later no. down the line might no we, because I say we're owned by a group of like a, like a consortium of like investment bankers so we understand. I understand that their thinking is it's always they're always sort of two three steps ahead. It seems like so if they've put a they've put an appropriate buyback clause in that will cover our costs and a bit more. So you know I don't know. I've I've not really dug into the fees and the 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 sort of money side behind it all. But say if he came in for twelve million, we've put the buyback at twenty two. It's going to cover his wages for the few years, and so it's just it's like a non. I don't know. It's like a. It's just an easy win, isn't it? It's like same with the James Trafford deal we signed from Man City. People turn the like turn their eyebrows up to that, and we paid you know nearly nine, you know nearly twenty million with add-ons for James Trafford. But we put a buyback clause into City of say roughly thirty million quid. It's an easy investment. If he had worst case scenario, he has a bad time. You know, he has a good time with us. We sell him to City for thirty million. You know, if he has an even better time, we sell him to someone you know bigger than Man City. But they'll sell him for more than that. So it's just. The way they do things, and like I say, no, con- no concerns. And I think it just maybe it might actually help the player kick on a bit as well that he knows he's got that option to come back and maybe prove himself again at Villa, or it, it might send him the other way and go, no, actually, I'm going to prove myself and make you wish you never sold me sort of thing. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's all, all fine with me. That not a problem. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Let's let's now turn our attention to the game on Sunday. Yeah. Um, your first game back at Turf Moor since being in the Premier League. How? Oh no, sorry, you played on the opening day. At Turf yeah, we played at opening. Yeah, we've not played since the opening day. Yeah, we had a gap because um, uh, the Luton fixture was postponed. Yes, for their course, stadium thing. And they, it's been a long yeah, day at the time of right. recording. I've <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not um, played football for weeks. Second, <laughs> second game back at Turf Moor. Yeah. Um, how how do you think that will give you an advantage over Villa this weekend? I think it, I think it will actually give us an advantage because I, I'm looking at it. The Man City game felt like one final preseason game to me. Even though it was a Premier League game, it was sort of a free hit. So I think company really did try and pull all this sort of tactic, to, you know, tactical knowledge out and just gave something a try. And it's give all the lads a time. I know the the backroom staff have been sort of away on a working week away in the Lake District, walking, learn, you know, that they've really used this week off to sort of close up, I think, pre-season, I think. And, and Villa feels, to me anyway, Villa feels like the first game of the season. This feels like the start of our season now because City's a joke. City are a joke, aren't they? You know, Holland was just a freaking itch at the game and you just sort of want to get it out of the way. Whatever happens, happens and that's that. So, um, no, I think it. I think it will have give us a bit of an advantage. I do think it's you know if you you know you've been probably before Turf Moor's not a nice place to come. It's it's had a lick of paint recently. It's it's had a bit of a makeover. It's a little bit nicer and softer on the edges, but it's still an intimidating place to go. And um, and like I say, I think there'll be it will feel like the it will feel like the first game of the season again for us because it's been you know a week or two now since we last played. And again, the City game was a bit a bit of a, you know damp scrim in the end, but. Like I said, I think they'll come back ready to to kick on. So, yeah, I think it will be a big advantage. I think Villa are going to be in for a pretty difficult game, I think, on Sunday. No, I completely understand. And it, it's a bit similar with the Villa situation. Mm. Our bogey ground is St. James's Park. I've been yeah. the last three years and seen an aggregate score of 10-0. 10-1, sorry. Got to get that one in there. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I completely understand. Now, it, the, the situation is slightly weird because at the time of playing, it mm. will be Villa's fourth game of the season. Yeah. yeah, it will be Burnley's second. Do you think yeah. that plays into Burnley's hands or perhaps Villa's? Villa's the fact that they, yeah. you know, have, have got the ground running. They they know what they're doing and they're they're more. I don't want to say more focused, but more yeah. almost like straight line thinking. Whereas Burnley have had a lot of time on the training yeah. ground. Who do you think that will impact more? I think it. I think it will. I think it'll probably impact us more. I do think because I'm probably of the thinking of you. You've got you, your lads have had more time on the training pitch to look back at the result. You know that Newcastle, the Newcastle result would have been. I think in hindsight, it's a good, not a good result, but it's a good thing to have happened because you go right. This is what's happened. That you know we because I watched it played a hard line, opened up tons of like, hope or space behind the back. They, they didn't play that badly. They just conceded five really rubbish goals, like you know. So like they've had time to reset and go again. Whereas I think Burnley have sort of we could have we could have got beat six nil against City. We could have got beat one nil City, and it still would have just been it. City didn't really matter. So we've had a lot of time to dwell on that. I would have probably liked to get Luton game in there if we could, but it, it didn't happen. They wanted to swap the games around, but. They didn't. Burnley didn't want it. We said no. We kicked it back. We want to make them come back to us on a Tuesday night. That's what sort of happened. So make it in our favour a bit more. So, um, but no, I think it. I think it will impact us a bit more because we don't have them match minutes. I know we've played. We played a friendly. I think beginning end of last week against Dundee. I think we won six nil. And I've seen a few murmurings this tonight on Twitter that tomorrow we're playing Man United in a closed doors friendly. So, 
there's going to be some match minutes to keep them ticking over, but I think nothing beats that, you know, actual <laughs> match day thing. And like I say, there will be a first game of the season vibe again, I think, at the turf, which might play into our hands, but it also might play into your hands that you can take advantage of our sort of first game nerves, you know, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be more, I, mean, I think it'll probably affect us a bit more than you guys. It all, it all depends on the result you have tomorrow as well, because like, I know it's in Burnham, but that's still, it's a difficult place to go. Is up there. We played Aberdeen in our little jaunt into Europe when we got in there and, you know, they gave us a right old go, did Aberdeen, and it, you know, it wasn't as easy as it looked on paper at the time, so... What are your thoughts on Villa as a neutral fan? Because obviously, as a Villa fan, it's so hard mm. to not get caught up and to yeah. see it one-dimensional. Whereas getting a neutral's point of view on yeah. just how we play and just our club yeah. in general can can really help open that up. Yeah. I mean, I, from my point of view, I think Villa are a sleeping giant. I really do. I think they're still not where they should be. You know, you've got such a good captive audience of fans in Birmingham. It is very much, you know, it's one off or the other, isn't it? You know, and you've, you've got the majority of that city, you know, it's, it's, uh, you're doing really well. And, um, I think the new owners coming in, they've sort of revitalized everything a little bit. I know you've got your ground expansion coming soon, haven't you? So like, I feel like the steps are going in place now. And now you brought Emery in, he's now kicking you on just that another level. And then some of the signings you made over the summer, they didn't get me go, Christ, they're actually having a really good go of it this season. You know, they're really throwing it, and they're one of the teams I've sort of put in our predictions that we did a couple of a couple of days ago, quite high up in the league to finish. Um, I think the Europe will be a, an interesting sort of juxtaposition to be in. But if you had somebody else in charge, I'd be more doubtful. But you've got Emery in charge, and he that's his comp. You know, he knows that. Well, it's more the Europa League his thing, but it's he can deal with that sort of European you know, league campaign. So I think from my point of view, I think you're going to have a really, really fun season, a good season to be a good season to be a Villa fan. Definitely. I think you summed it up really well there. (laughs) Any better. And I might start worrying for my job. (laughs) Now, sticking on Emery, you mentioned him there. A slightly different question for you. If you woke up on Sunday and you were magically Unai Emery, knowing what you know, having the knowledge of Burnley and seeing every game that you've seen, how would you set that Villa team up to best exploit Burnley's weaknesses? Yeah, not so much. I wouldn't know how to set them up to an extent, but I'd know where to, to get us our weak points. And I think it's it's hard to... Uh, I've done this a few times now on a couple of different pods, and it's always hard to sort of draw comparisons for last season to this season because it's Championship to Premier League. But the games that we suffered in the most... Now, we only lost three times last season, but the, them losses were bad, like really like rubbish losses. But um, the first one was Sheffield. United it was 5-2 and they just pumped the ball into the box they just really made it difficult because we really struggled with our height and I've noticed that whether it's City being a freak of nature the team just everyone's over everyone was over like six foot in the team but we just look really small compared to City now if you can take advantage of that and set players um, you know free kicks and all that sort of stuff and, and, and maybe just get the ball into the box a little bit more try and get not behind us, but just get on top of us, I think. And I think that's where you'll get a good bit of success. And I'm not saying Villa, you're going to have to go play route one against us, but I think just maybe, maybe getting the ball down the wings and winning them corners, winning them free kicks in the, in the, in the wings and getting the ball. And I think you might, you probably will get some joy because we've got, you know, we've got young centre halves that don't, don't get me wrong. All the centre halves are super talented. They are like really, really good footballers, but there's the inexperienced side of it all. They're still sort of learning the game at this level still stepping into it so I do think you'll get some joy from if you play quite high and quite a 
aggressive, I think you'll get some joy in the back. But also the flip side of that is I think if you do try, I feel like if you try and do what you did against Newcastle, again, I think we might have some joy against you guys because we do like to play quick, not counter-attacking, but quick attacking football. We are quick to get the ball in the final thirds really quick. And uh, we've got a, young, a good lad from South Africa called Foster and he's just turned a corner over the summer and he looks rapid now and he's quick with the ball. He's powerful and stuff. And he, he got a lot of joy against Kyle Walker, which is sort of saying something really. So, yeah, I hope, hope that covers it all for you. That's really interesting to hear. I wonder whether we'll go for some of our maybe more physical options like yeah. Diego Carlos, new boy Nicolo Zaniolo, who, yeah. who is an absolute giant of, of a of an attacking player, something that we've really lacked in recent years. Yeah. Now, this draws me on to my last two questions. And the first one is, what is your school prediction for the weekend? I hate doing school prediction. I always make a fool of myself. <laughs> no, I think it will be a tight game. Um, and I think... I think we will just slightly have the home advantage. And I, I think we, it might, I know I, I probably contradict myself, I said earlier, but I think that might just sneak us maybe, maybe a 1 1 or maybe a 2 1 win to Burnley. I think that's me just being, again, I'm going back to the, it feels like a first game of the season. The expect, the hope is there. The, the, you know, I'll probably soon come back down to earth Monday morning when he got beat 3 0 off Villa. But <laughs> I think it will be very tight affair. It'll be a 1 1 or a 2 1 either way, I think, if I was to, if that's, that's totally sitting on the fence though. <laughs> No, no, I completely. I think it would be a really difficult yeah. game, and whenever I get asked, I always try and try and square out of it. Yeah. Now, my last <laughs> question for you: We always like to end the podcast on a non-football-related question, which gets passed down from each guest. Yeah. So, the one for you today is: If you could swap play, if you could swap bodies with any celebrity, obviously non-football-related, who would it be, <laughs> and why? Oh, good question. Good question. It's probably quite sad, actually, but. Um, I've stumbled upon a podcast with Brian Cox and I'm just madly fascinated by the whole space thing. I mean, I don't know why I'm having this sort of like, I, I do a lot of driving for work, so I sit in the van list of podcasts and he's absolutely fascinating. So <laughs> I'm not going to go down the route of having like a ripped body or like a supermodel <laughs> body. But yeah, I think Brian Cox, just to have picky, because he seems to know stuff that terrifies me. So if I could try and understand it a little bit better, <laughs> then yeah, I'd go down that route. Bit of a nerdy answer, but yeah, we'll go with good Brian answer, Cox. Good answer, good answer. And um, <laughs> if I could press you for a non-football related question to be passed down. Oh, oh good question. Um, on my spot now. Um, if you could have one meal with one celebrity, non-footballing celebrity for a couple of hours and you had to pay the bill, who would it be? <laughs> what would you have and where would you go? <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, that's really detailed. I love it. I like normally we like <laughs> normally the questions we get is like what's your type favorite type of food but that that smashed it out of the park mate that was brilliant um that is unfortunately all we have time for today make sure to check our guest out at turfcast and his personal at nathan j rog thank you nathan for joining me today make sure to come back next week when we have the second leg preview of the hibernian game and i'm sure we will also cover this weekend's fixture with burnley as well hopefully on our side we're talking about a win sorry nathan Make sure to follow us on Twitter at 7500 to halt if you're not already. Thank you for listening and I've been Sebastian. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.